Welcome to episode 333 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Monday, 10th of July, 2023. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love. In other words, they make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more. I'm Carlton Reed, and today's show is a bunch of interviews with bike infrastructure folks who I met at the MOVE Mobility Conference in London last month. You'll hear from Philip McAleese of Northern Ireland, co-founder of C-Sense, the bike lights and data company. I talk digital trees and more with London's John Little, co-founder of Drag and Drop Cityscape Imaginator Beta Streets. I also got to meet Telram's Chris Van Hel. Telram is a citizen traffic counting system based out of Belgium and which featured on this podcast a few episodes back. And last but not least, there's Jose Manuel Gutierrez of Barcelona, who was in London to talk about lane control, a tool from the Cater Mobility Factory that assesses the safety and attractiveness of cycling infrastructure. First up, then, is Philip McAleese of C-Sense. Have you been here before? Have you been to move before? We came here last year as well, so... So you've returned, that's good. Yes. Yeah. But well, shouldn't you be on a bigger booth now? Because you you're, no, you're not a startup. This is a startup village. How come you're... Are you, do you I, want to be in with like the, the, the innovators? Is that why? I think, I, I think we still consider ourselves a startup because there's still a lot of things that we're, we're doing which are very explorative and new. And so, um, you know, we are, we're looking to scale. Um, we've got a lot of really cool technology a lot of things that we enjoy doing, um, but there's a lot of it is a voyage of discovery. So it's understanding how people can use our data and insights to really get better understandings, make better data-led decisions, um, to really look at, you know, with the climate emergency, how do we get more people on sustainable transportation? How do we um, encourage people and hyper-localize um, nudge behavior so that it's personal to the individual, so that it means something to them and will encourage them to, to keep doing it? Because I'm, as I'm Sure, you know, uh, it takes a few goes at getting people to do something before it can stick and form habits. So how do we so break those powers? Are you a, a data, data, Irene, data? Are you a data company here? Are you a light company? What, what, what's your ele- give me your elevator pitch, as though I know nothing about your company, Phyllis. So we are uh, really a sensor and data company. Uh, we specialize in giving insights into micromobility, helping to understand not only where people are going and how they're using it, but actually what their experience is, where it's working well, um, and in particular where what their interaction is like with other road users, with the infrastructure, understanding where that's all working well and understanding where it can be improved. So obviously you, 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 bicycle lights is where you came from. But I'm looking at a poster here. Yeah. And of course, it's micro mobility. Yes. So you've got a bicycle there, but you've also got the scooter. So it's your a... product yes. is now going on scooters. Is that in scooters or is that still a, a, a light 
that you put attached to the scooter. So what's, what's the tech? Yeah, no, so we've got two product offerings. One is the consumer lighting, um, and that obviously pairs with the mobile phone app to allow people to optionally collect data. Um, the other one is a fleet telematics solution, which uses the same patented sensor technology, um, but integrated with our lighting products so that we can track fleet vehicles. So. Uh, we're tracking, um, obviously, e-bikes, uh, regular bikes as well, and e-scooters as well. Um, so we're getting all of the different viewpoints from those different users. Um, one of the projects we're really proud of at the moment is Essex Pedal Bar, uh, where we've got an area of pretty significant deprivation, um, where we're helping people to access uh, better opportunities to use uh, bicycles which are being given to them um, to access um, utility cycling to get to the shops and so on to access train stations and employment um, and that's still in the relatively early phases but it's scaling up uh, it's a really exciting project we're starting to see some infrastructure changes go in for additional bicycle parking um, drop curbs to allow them to um, to access the places they want to go and that's because data showed them yes Exactly that. So we were able to see that, you know, Tuesday evening down the pier was the social place to be, um, that the, some of the local shops that were being used um, and people were using them and going places that weren't expected. So being able to um, uncover that and understand the sorts of journeys that the bicycles are being used for has really helped in that design of knowing, you know, where to put the infrastructure to, to improve and continue that good, uh, that good behavior. So what cities are you working with? So we've got projects um, going on at the moment in a number of cities. Obviously, Essex is the big one. Um, another one that we're really proud of is Victoria in, uh, sorry, Melbourne and Victoria in Australia. Um, and there we've just uh, finished the first phase of a 1,000 uh, bicycle light trial. Um, the That's with the Transport Accident Commission, who are a government organization tasked Transport with Accident Commission. Transport Accident Commission, the TAC. Say so accident. Yes. In the title. Oh. That's awful. It's, anyway, it's historic, so we'll yeah, have I to give imagine. them that yeah, one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but they call Trash, those accidents, so they should change their name. Yes, but the the tack. Um, so they are actually they've just paid for an extension to the project to allow us to engage with the local government authorities, and we've selected three or four within that region to see how can our data um, help to help them to better understand some of the infrastructure changes they've made around how effective they've been and to look at future infrastructure change and indeed is what they're planning aligned with what the data is actually showing. Mm. Mm. Cool, and who are you hoping to talk to here? Are you, are you like got meetings planned? Are you just completely random, whoever comes on? What's, what have you set up? Uh, there's a little bit of everything. So we're obviously very, very much interested in here to learn. So there are a number of incredibly fascinating talks and presentations and so on that we want to go and see. Um, there are a lot of contacts of projects. Um, I think we've, we've been quite conscious of our carbon footprint. We, you know, we like having Zoom meetings with people. We haven't travelled backwards and forwards in Belfast to the UK as much as we would have done historically. Um, and so it's actually wonderful to come here and meet a lot of our customers and clients and people that we know um, and see them face to face, but in a very effective and, and, and carbon, uh, uh, low carbon way. Um, so partly for presentations, partly to meet people, um, and of course for networking to see are there other opportunities for us to, um, to sell our technology and to help people have better insights. Philip McAleese has been on the show before, and so has the next person I interviewed at Move, and that is John Little. And John uh, is a kind of a, a tree fan. You'll, you'll kind of find out why in a second. But he was extolling the virtues of trees on this show way back in 2018. So that was episode 195, in which I entitled Cycle Advocates Should Ask for Trees, 
not just cycleways. So here's the up-to-date John at the MOVE conference. And of course, we did start by talking about trees. Isn't this, isn't there? There are lots of trees in it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the plants and stuff are actually my favourite part of it, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um... So first of all, tell us who you are for the tape. Yeah. John, who are you, John? So my name's John Little. I'm a transport consultant. Um, I work in street design generally, but particularly kind of interested in getting people involved in the co-design process realize how important that is um and basically how a picture is worth a thousand words um it's never truer than kind of what we're up to at the moment in trying to show people that change is possible and actually that the world won't stop spinning so it's, this is beta so streets, beta streets yeah so that, it's kind of like a, a riff on better on better and beta streets. absolutely okay. yeah so it's a street design visualization tool we built from the ground up during lockdown um Primarily because I do my day job as being asked by so many local authorities, can we do this down here? What would that look mm. like if? Mm. And I kept thinking to myself, if only we had a tool where we could just take a photo and drag and drop stuff in and create this vision of mainly a meme, like a meanwhile use, but also, of course, how it could look in the end with a full-blown visualisation, which I think it's fair to say lots of people, unfortunately, when they saw trees in pots, couldn't necessarily see what the end result might look like in a few years' time and, and can't buy into um, the halfway house as such. So we built a tool that enables you to create visualizations in a matter of minutes that look the same as a visualization that would have been made by a transport consultancy costing thousands of pounds and taking lots and lots of hours of engineers and people involved in that process and it's using google street view no so What's any the... so we 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 try to tell people not to use street although you can do that's up to you we we prefer that people don't use google imagery at the moment we recommend you don't just purely because google don't like people drawing on their images but effectively it's any any photo you take with mobile or, or an SLR, you import into our browser and then you set the scale, set the horizon um, and that's about it. And then everything that you drag and drop from the library of things, which is all real things provided by real providers. So be it curbs from Charcon or Falco cycle hangers or whatever that might be. You then drag and drop the stuff of your choice into your image and recreate the vision of how that street or place could look. It's got every single TSR DD sign in the pro version, line markings and everything else, all the standard stuff you need to do highway maintenance, not just beautiful streets, but you can use visualization or use our tool to help people understand how it look if you just resurface the road. Of course, you'd never normally do that with visualization tool because it costs thousands of pounds and, and there just isn't that money or that inclination to necessarily do that normally. Um, we like to think that we've invented something or made something that can change the way that visualization is used in our industry and actually the way our industry works with people be it in in the office or out the office um and particularly around of course having those conversations about how how places might look if change happens and hopefully it'll be a good thing and when as you there, there was like a rolling demo that was going on where you weren't having to press things yeah there was the the the, the, the photoshop like regenerative thing basically yeah. it took a car out of the picture so yeah. that was quite cute so you're basically not just adding stuff you're taking stuff away yeah you can play god absolutely so we've 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 got a image re object removal tool within our um within our platform it enables you to remove pretty much anything from the image i mean it's machine learning it's not perfect it's it's akin to like similar to um some of the smartphones you've got on now um but yeah the idea being that if there's a car in a place where you don't want it and you want to and that would otherwise mean that you couldn't do the visual without going to photoshop or something else you can remove it but as you can see it can easily as easily remove a line market off a street yep yep and how much is this going to cost local so it, authorities? So it's £900 a year uh, for a license. That license can be floating between a team. It, only one person can use it at any one time. So obviously, um, we like to think that 
that Teams will need more than one license, to be perfectly honest with you, because actually, as you can see, you can use visualization for just seeing what it looked like if you dropped a tree in an empty tree pit, not necessarily doing a full-blown visualization as we're kind of accustomed to with big developments and big road projects. So the demo we're getting now is of a tree being put in. Is that what particular kind of tree? Uh, now, now you're testing my knowledge. Oh, I, I, hey. I'm sorry, man. I'm not... Uh, I'm an environmental science by education as well. I know, that's a shocker, okay. isn't it? But, um, but, but this is your favourite thing. You like, basically, the last time you were on the show, many, many years ago, uh, uh, you were basically saying that the, the biggest thing that we could improve cities, get more people walking, cycling, and not driving, bizarrely, is those green things uh, with brown bits underneath. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, in the background of that, you see street art and the like. I mean, people like, we know from, you know, Lucy Saunders Healthy Street stuff, from, from lots of evidence-based stuff that we use in our industry, mm. we know that people feel safer, they're more likely to walk and cycle and be outside if they feel like it's a place that they belong, for want of a better phrase. Um, and of course, beautifying streets and adding planting and stuff, as Andy's doing at the moment, can be part of that process. Again, we, we like to think because we've designed it so we talk, we pay lip service, I think, in sometimes in our industry to we're going to design this street for eight to 80 year olds and it's going to be for everybody and all that stuff. And of course, that's right. But we don't actually involve all those people in the process, particularly children. Whereas, I mean, my daughter talks about this as being a, a, my game. So, Dad, yeah, yeah. can I play on your game, please? Yeah. And she loves placing trees in the Olympic Park and adding stuff where it should be on our, on our route to school. We like to think that, again, on a community centre on a Wednesday night when actually people might be getting frustrated so they can't get as involved in the design process they'd like to, this tool brings all those barriers down. You don't need a massive load of experience to be able to use this. You don't need a civil engineering degree. We think with roughly yeah. about half an hour, an hour playing around, you're as competent and as anyone is, else. It is, you're right. You're playing God. You're, you're certainly playing Monty Don there because what, what yeah. he's, he's been basically planting a street up <laughs> with grasses first. Uh, put some soil down, obviously, and then you put daisies in, and all. And it's like that already looks really cute. And yeah. you've taken a what's a, a pretty boring industrial stroke scene, and you've instantly made it nice. And that took what about twenty five seconds, probably, from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and then, can you like do instant LTN? So you got like planter boxes. Have you got? Yeah, absolutely. They, so, these are all like yeah. plugged in. Yeah. So you can pick a planter from the. The library of things you can then actually decide what plants go in it so you can put the planter down and then and then plant it yourself um i mean we've got we've got curbs we've got kind of all your standard highway materials in there but also of course lots of stuff to make streets look nicer so i know you're saying this is for local authorities and one person to do it but would this not be something maybe you've you've, you've absolutely uh, envisaged this and I'm, I'm not saying anything that you, you haven't already thought of is getting people in and playing on, yeah, yeah. there's a photograph of your street. Yep. And people will naturally, even though if you went to them and said, do you want, what do you want? They wouldn't tell you what they want all the cars rid of. But if they actually physically played with it, so I'd actually quite like some flowers. Yeah, there. absolutely. And, and then all of a sudden you say, what you've drawn there, mate. Yep. So that's what is this. Absolutely. So we hope that rather than people having a kind of philosophical, do you want this thing? Yes or no. Actually, you can have a design competition where everyone's doing their own versions of the, the plant at the end of their street and saying, oh, I like his idea. I like that tree. I like that bit. And maybe collaboratively, truly collaboratively, come up with a solution for whatever it might be. You can also actually, there's no reason why you can't put a half created um, street design in. So say for argument's sake, an engineer does put in the two meter wide footway, the new cycle track, and then get people to color in the rest of the drawing. So they pick the plant in, they pick the optional extras, they decide where the parklets go and all the rest of it to again, hopefully open up that design process so it truly is co-design. So you're making it more beautiful there now with planting and nice things, but 
just as easily, if you're a motor-centric traffic engineer, you could put loads of yeah, city stuff absolutely, in as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, so this, this could be used for bad yeah, as well as good. It, absolutely, it, you know. Dare I say, it, you can think about putting a road through a park if you so wish, as easily as you can, you know, turning a street into a park. Which reminds me, because there's a an A, a to Z of Liverpool where they're going to put a, a road through a park, and it's not. It doesn't come forward. To, you don't think about it too much until A to Z put it on. And then you think, geez, they really are putting a road through a park. Yeah. And it's when you visualize it yeah. on a map when it brings it home. Yeah. So these kind of things can bring these things home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had, you know, we've had lots of interest from temporary um, sort of music festivals and things and thinking about can we show people how it will temporarily look if we put an entrance into this farmer's field to do the car park? Well, of course you can. Similarly, you know, parks, we've had somebody from the United Nations talk about whether they could use it to plan temporary roads through conflict zones or kind of, I mean, fundamentally you can use anything you can take a photo of you can upload to our platform and then play away. So you're saying international there, but this is British because it's got all the British road signs. Uh, yeah. So have you got an international version we, on the... We, on the roadmap, yeah, certainly. We've had quite a bit of interest from Ireland. Um, we've got a bit of a fan club in Prague. We've added some like purpose um, paving patterns, some semicircle paving patterns that are quite widespread in Prague, purely because we've got quite a few users there of the demo, certainly, and we hope that they're going to start using the, the pro version. But the idea is absolutely that our next step is more traffic management stuff, more more standard street design stuff into the library, but then also thinking about a, a you know a Dutch library, a French library, and the, and the road signs and, and the like, just as much as you know Dutch entry curves and the like. But the idea being that there are different versions for different countries too. Yeah. And so, what stage are you at with with physically selling this so and physically getting it out for real? Yeah. So we've so we've just relaunched our website. Um, is is literally at the moment of us switching over to to have a fully stripe compatible purchasable website where you can effectively download like buy your own subscription version straight from there there'll and always be a free demo we we believe in the we believe we've created something for the power of good you said earlier about putting road to car park and free parks of course you can but we like to think that most people are going to use it for the right thing and we actually want everyone to always have a version available for nothing to be able to do a bit with it but then of course if they want to go big they need to subscribe and and, and get the wider product like you can have an electric shock you know if you, if you put a road in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah okay so nine hundred pounds for a local authority. Yeah, or a consultancy. Uh, how much? For, could, you can envisage a, a member of the public doing this. Is there a, like a, 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 a subscription so, model? So there's for a, a free. Of the so there's a free version for for anybody, and and that's got a very limited library of things. It has to be said compared to the full blown pro version. Um, local authorities can purchase the version and open it up to residents to have a play yeah. around as part of a design process. But for, primarily, the the end user subscription yeah. version is aimed at people who work in the industry, be that in consultancies or local authorities or or even suppliers of stuff. So we're actually working with a few of our providers to build them versions they can use a sale tool because, of course, they can stand there with a prospective local authority client and show them how it would look if you put a row of their curb defenders down the road or whatever it might be. So, John, people who are going to be interested in this, where can they find out more information? Yeah, so go onto our website, beatstreets.co.uk. Um, you can find the demo there. You can sign up for the free version. You'll also find details about the subscriptions to the pro versions. We're on Twitter at Beta Streets Limited, B-E-T-A, Streets Limited. Um, and yeah, and that's that's kind of our profile at the moment. We're on Instagram too, but we're not as prolific on that as to be said at the moment. There's uh, too many things for... Uh, but you are very visual. So we are going to have like, the absolutely. best of... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so we've got, an, uh, we've got 
for the for users, we're building an academy in the background that's going to be a place where people can share tips and have videos of how to. And he's going to have lots of videos of him using it, showing how to create, you know, how to pop with the shadows and, and kind of really finish off your images. But we like to think that's going to end up being a, a peer-to-peer space where people are going to learn from each other and share best practice too. Um, we encourage everyone to, when they create beautiful images, to share them as best they can with everyone yeah. else. And um, it's going to go wild on social media, isn't it? We, like... Yeah, we like to think so. I mean, the London Side campaign had an earlier version of it uh, last year in the lead up to the elections and that went really well I mean they used it as part of the climate safe streets campaign of course the visuals that they created were really powerful and showing prospective politicians you know if, if you like this I'll vote for you if if, if you vote for this type thing um, which I think you know all accounts worked really well yeah we know I mean obviously as I said earlier it's the power of you know an image being worth a thousand words um, and yeah I mean we hope as I say that, that people grab it and, and do beautiful things with it before the next two guests, here's a quick commercial interlude with my colleague David. Hello everyone, this is David from the Fredcast and of course the Spokesman, and I'm here once again to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn build bikes that make it easier for you to replace car trips with bike trips. Part of that is being committed to designing useful bikes that are also fun to ride. But an even greater priority for Turn is to make sure that your ride is safe and worry-free. And that's why Turn works with industry-leading third-party testing labs like EFBE and builds its bikes around Bosch e-bike systems, which are UL certified for both electric and fire safety. So, before you even zip off on your turn, fully loaded and perhaps with a loved one behind, you can be sure that the bike has been tested to handle the extra stresses on the frame and the rigors of the road. For more information, visit www.turnbicycles.com to learn more. And now, back to the spokesman. Thanks, David. And we are back with bike infrastructure folks I met at Move at Excel in London. I got to the show from Newcastle on L-N-E-R on the East Coast Main Line and then rode to Docklands on a folding bike. Chris Van Hurl of Telram also came on the train. <laughs> and how did you get here? Because this is a mobility conference. You've got to use micro-mobility. You've got to use no, a scooter, just, use a bicycle. Um, Chris, if you say anything else, uh, then you're, you're drummed out. Um, no, I'll, move I'll, conference. I'll, I'll explain the whole start. So I live very close at the train station in Leuven. So that's like five minute walk. Uh, even less, so I take a train to Brussels Midi, take the Eurostar to King's Cross, and I walked across to, um, I don't know, the, the connecting rail, um, one stop at Farringdon, and then Elizabeth Line until here, and that's it. No, that's today? That was just today. this morning. Oh, yeah. Very good, so we've yeah. both travelled long distances today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have talked before, Yes. Uh, even on the, on the podcast, um, but why are you here? Why is Telram here? And how do you find out about Move? All right. Well, uh, first of all, Rob found out about Move. Um, and we've been stalked a bit uh, by, by uh, industry or people or uh, uh, people who knew about uh, traffic. And you should be here. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's about new stuff on mobility. Uh, and yeah, obviously we are new. So uh, I think we should have our place here where technology meets the, 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 the transport policy or anything which is related to traffic. So, so I, I can't explain where we are because mm-hmm. we are in the startup. So there are lots of um, expensive booths out there. 
Uh, I'm not saying that yours is not an expensive booth. I'm sure they, they charge you an arm and a leg. However, we are, we're smaller. You are like, you know, your, your elevator pitch is basically smaller than an elevator. Yes. So you've got like a small, but this is, I, mean, I always find that here is the most interesting companies anyway. Not, nothing against the big companies, but their corporates have been going for a long time. It's the smaller guys who are the ones, you know, innovating, which I like to come and talk about, uh, come and talk to. So you think you're going to get who here? Who are you going to be talking to? Uh, there's a few people we know that will stop by. So from uh, Oxfordshire, I think for sure. Um, and we know there's a couple more Lambert is, is joining as well. So um, yeah, it's good to finally meet them in person. Uh, uh, so that's that's interesting, and I don't know who knows. Um, um, I mean, we we don't n just don't only want to work for local authorities, but also any mobility professional who might work with the data or want to do sensor deployment doing counts. So there's there's uh, I, I guess there's plenty of uh, talks to be had today. <laughs> so I'm still waiting to do my Forbes piece yes. on you, and I, I used it very successfully to to, to measure the pedestrians and cyclists yes. and, and motorists on my my road, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant for Good. that and, and it, it went viral at times okay. to, to you know people are really fascinated in this so Good. hopefully people will will now recognize you a bit more when they come to here but what are you actually physically doing here so what what how are you enticing <laughs> people because i can see you've got something <laughs> and you are gonna be right. have you seen this yet Rob? no have you, okay. no, well, yeah, i've seen it I've seen this is, pictures but i've never used it so this what is, you're going to describe what this is okay so this is a this is a a, a demonstrator how Telegram works in the field so we've got the, a, a backboard of uh, a typical cityscape let's say uh which is then uh, uh standing up like this there's a street in front like this and we'll simulate a window here now there's two devices connected. So one is the, the Telegram, which I'll connect later on. It has to be that one. Uh, and then there's a, a, a video, which is basically showing you what Telegram is seeing. So you can see how cars pass by and you can see Telegram counter picking up and you can see how Telegram is counting them. So with the bounding boxes. So it's just a technology demonstrate and see how it works in the field, basically. And we work obviously with uh, all kinds of fun stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> Trucks, um, bikes. Well, we have to sort this out because this is very beautiful, but we'll, we'll sort it. Uh, and uh, also a fire truck. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll just be driving by to, to show how, how Talion device, how it works. <laughs> That's it. And I guess when people just, they, they kind of know that counting is really, really important. And counting of pedestrians and cyclists is, is, tends to be way down the list in the priority list because it's easier absolutely. to just you know monitor cars yep. you know, with your pneumatic tubes and stuff so the tech that you've got here isn't the pneumatic tubes and it's using ai yeah and it's counting people and that's important for cities and, and certainly yeah, important for and i got a huge shock mm -hmm. on my road i always knew there's lots of people using it mm -hmm. using active travel mm -hmm. but to actually see it in numbers and to see how much more than exactly. motorists was like incredible exactly and very valuable data yep so you are producing basically very valuable data. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, the, 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 I think the, the, the gap Telegram tries to fill is two things. So um, the, the non-car modes, because there is technology to, to monitor non-car modes, but it's either very expensive or very limited. And then on the on the smaller roads, which are often neglected, so there's, there's plenty of counting on main arteries, which is needed uh, because you need to monitor congestion and so on. But it's always the small residential roads, which have rat running, for example, which 
never get counted. So you need to have something cheap and which is uh, affordable, not cheap, affordable to, to, to allow for a more dense uh, traffic counting uh, network. That's what we're aiming for. And finally, here's Jose Gutierrez of Barcelona talking about Lane Patrol. So I'm Jose Gutierrez. I'm representing Lane Patrol. We are actually a sort of incubator, internal incubator for a mobility company called Factual Consulting based in Barcelona. And we've been working with this project, with product, this is a software, well, a solution that it's called Lane Patrol that consists of two things. One is like hardware and the other side is software. What we do is to analyze the uh, infrastructure safety of cycle routes. What we get, we are actually leveraging being trusted suppliers of a IRAP, which is the International Road Assessment Program, and their methodology called CycleRap. And you're doing this with cameras? What's, what's this? So what we do is that we have a device and we also have a mobile app where we collect frames of video or images that we then use to evaluate over 40 attributes to assess the safety of the cycle routes. With these attributes, we get actually the rating based on the methodology of the safety of these 10 meter sections. And we get the conflicts in the cycle route, conflicts of vehicles with other, uh, conflicts of bicycles with other bicycles, bicycles with objects, bicycles with pedestrians, and bicycles with vehicles. And is so this well. technology, technology that you use, or is this anybody can use it and they feed the information to you? It is actually, and anyone can use it, but we need to supervise it because for the methodology, we need to have this, well, we're a trusted supplier, so actually we need to understand the methodology, we need to do quality review of the work. So it is, this solution is either for other consultants or for cities who want to analyze it and create probably an investment and, or a maintenance plan of the cycle routes. So this is, this is thought not for, let's say, the end user. We, what we do is that we collaborate with consultants in other countries or we go directly to municipalities or decision makers in regions who actually they want to say, okay, you know what? We have a 200 kilometer network. We want to analyze where should we invest first? Either where we have more bicyclists and these bicyclists are in the red zones of uh, safety, or you can just want to make sure that all your network gets to a certain level of safety. So this is, this is what we do. We are working, we have now a project, we're part of a, a European funded project called Moliere. We are analyzing a cycleway that is connecting Barcelona to neighboring towns. And we're in a bigger project together with people from MyRap, from CycleRap, in which we are analyzing a, a, the typology of cycle routes in Madrid and Barcelona. But there's also other partners working in Bogota, Sao Paulo, and Fayetteville in the US. So okay. this is a big project that we're currently ongoing. And I'm presuming it's on a bicycle. It is on a bicycle. Do you it have could, pictures? Where, where, where? Describe yeah. this or show me pictures of uh, what this looks like. Yes. Well, well basically, it's. Uh, I, I was just opening my computer. Let me see. I don't have. He's coming. Well, the guy who draws that is coming. Ah, uh, is he? He's coming to, yes. Well, I'm meeting him later on. Oh, I'm going to look for him because I know <laughs> there's a new cartoon that I want to see. Uh, Papa, I'll um, send him your way. Oh, uh, yeah, perfect. Perfect, perfect. I'll just jump in here to explain that Jose had an illustration on his laptop drawn by Dave Walker. And I introduced uh, the two uh, later on because uh, Dave was also at the show. In fact, on, uh, on one of my free tickets. Anyway, uh, Dave is on the next show. So for now, we have, this is the device. So where I'm going to describe this. So that's basically a box, a big gray box that you attach to the handlebars. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's more than just a camera. So there's an accelerometers in there. It's, is it, exactly. Is it, is it doing surface? That's, 
That's it. Is yeah. It, is it doing the vibrations? For it the is doing. It has some. It has some uh, some sensors. We're actually adding more. At the moment, we're working on this device. We're improving it. So this is, let's say, version one of the device. And at the same time, we have the, a mobile app that is doing the same thing as for now in the mobile in the mobile phone uh, in the phone. Um, so our idea is to, as for now, we have actually we've been working on this a, a little bit less than a year. So our idea is to use the mobile app now, um, then start using the device to avoid having a super extensive AI model to analyze the attributes. So the, my next question is: There must be AI in here somewhere yeah, that yeah. is analyzing this afterwards. That's correct. Okay. We're now we're doing both AI work and manual work to do this. Imagine like over 40 attributes every 10 meter sections. So there's a lot of coding to, to be done. So we are using AI to read so the time. So give me so it's it's junctions. It's number of pede you know pedestrian interactions. What, 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 what no, are the more of the, yeah more of the forty. What are the yeah yeah. So some of them is the the width, the width of the cycle lane, the roughness of the surface. If there's curvature, if there's a slope, if there's adjacent lanes of vehicles, um, there's what type of facility it is. If it's off road or on the road, yeah, over forty attributes. And then the city gets an overall score. Exactly. And then there's like red spots or hot spots, and you must go and fix this bit. That's, and here's why that, the AI exactly says. Is that, Let's that, say it is a little bit project-based, so you can either analyze the whole network, as mm, you mentioned, mm. or you can analyze one specific route with there's a couple of tunnels, for example. So we want to check what is the safety and what, what attributes can be changed in, that, in those tunnels mm -hmm. to make sure that we can improve them, we can improve the, the safety of them. So it is project-based, but yeah, the typical will be analyzing the whole network and make a, a maintenance plan or an investment plan for the cycle routes. And in, you envisage this technology being used by people in one city or people who are going to be going, you know, who, who, who's basically doing this? Which Is it one company doing this or are you selling the technology so lots of people can do this? Yeah, so what we envision is to have partners doing this uh, and using both uh, leveraging our knowledge and being part of the methodology and also using the technology to do them themselves. So I guess the question there was, it's a long way of saying it, sorry, was, yeah. are you selling the box or the service? The service. Okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was difficult. I'm looking for partners. Okay. Consultants probably in other parts of the world. Right. But this can be, that's a good thing. This is an easy and cheap way to analyze the safety of cycle routes. Okay. So this is going to be for a podcast. So Perfect. tell me where people can get more information on Lane Patrol. Yeah, so you can, you can look uh, for us in keita.mobi. So keita, K-E-I-T-A dot M-O-B-I. You can email me at jose.gutierrez at keita.mobi. And we're soon to launch our Lane Patrol website. So we're about to do that. Would be lanepatrol.com. That is coming soon. Thanks to all my guests today there, and thanks to you for listening to episode 333 of the Spokesman Podcast, brought to you in association with Turn Bicycles. Show notes and more can be found at the-spokesman.com. The next episode will be out really quite soon, and will be a whole bunch more interviews recorded at the MOVE conference, including cartoonist Dave Walker, a bamboo bike company from Portugal, bike mechanic folks from Fettel, Alex from Flitbike, and Xavier, the CEO of Sustrans. There will also be extracts from a chat I had with Henri, recorded from Move's 
main stage. There will also be extracts from a chat I had with Henri Mossignac, recorded from Moog's main stage. But meanwhile, get out there. <laughs>